You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. All right. Hey, everybody. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different because it is my first solo episode. So I really don't have an agenda. I'm just going to kind of chat by myself. Um, audio is going to be a little bit more echoey today because I'm currently displaced at my boyfriend's house because I have some rats that are living in my living room, um, (laughs) and pest control has not dealt with it yet. So I'm recording at Christian's house and he has a lot more, uh, tile and ambient (laughs) echoey space. So apologies about that, but Um, I'm going to probably try to start doing some of these solo episodes every now and then. I had already planned on doing them and just never really made it happen until now. Um, But I've tried to kind of crowdsource questions from y'all on my Instagram and whatnot, trying to find out what kind of things you want me to go over. Um, And a lot of the questions I have been getting are just kind of like, who are you and how did you get into photography and how did you get started with sports and music and blah, 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 blah. So, um all the same kind of questions I typically ask my guests that I'm interviewing on the show, I'm going to kind of just go over for myself. So I'm going to try to make it kind of short and sweet because I don't think you really probably want to listen to a whole hour of me. But um, also Christian is about to come home any minute and he's going to completely sabotage this entire experience. So obviously my name is Jordan Heffler. This is the Do What You Want radio show. Um, and I am 26 currently. I'm a photographer mostly, but I do all kinds of stuff and I never really know how to boil it down into like my elevator speech or my kind of one sentence thing. But typically how I explain what I do is that I celebrate an inspired chromatic lifestyle. I chose the word chromatic because I love that it applies to both music and color, two things that I'm very passionate about and that are both represented in my work a lot. Um, I grew up in Phoenix until I was 14. My dad was always really into photography and had a side business for a while growing up doing photography for motorsports and different racing and, um, motorcycles and things like that. So I kind of grew up around cameras, really liked it, always knew I was artistic and I liked art. And in about middle school, I decided that I wanted to be a fashion designer. And that's kind of what I thought I was going to be doing. I had my walls plastered with Vogue ads and editorial shoots and fashion photos, literally top to bottom, all four walls. Um, And I really thought that was going to be my future. And then I kind of realized one day, it kind of hit me that I was really attracted to the photos of these things, more so than the actual content in the photos. Um, I've always really been interested in fashion and color and, and stuff like that, but it was more so the photography that I realized one day that was like, oh, that's why I like it. So I decided to go to LSU And I found out they had a major for photography, which blew my mind because I had no clue what I wanted to do in college. Um, I knew I wanted to be creative, but I didn't realize that photography was an actual, like, legitimate career. And so that's what I did. I went to LSU from 2010 to 2014, graduated with a studio arts degree um, with my concentration in photography and my minor in art history. And then so for the past five years, I've kind of just been trying to navigate my way through the creative space, both in Baton Rouge and just pretty much online and everywhere. Um, so I primarily focus on content creation, lifestyle, marketing, photography for businesses, brands. Um, I do do portraits for families and senior pictures and individuals, but I'm really kind of starting to dip my toes more so into like marketing photography for companies. So commercial photography, content creation for social media, um, advertising photography, that kind of stuff. 
And music photography is my absolute favorite thing to do. It's not the most lucrative thing I do. So it, it, as of now, is not the only thing. But if it were up to me, I would love to just like shoot music and fashion all day. Um, and I also have kind of dabbled in sports photography, which is really fun, really challenging. So a lot of people have had questions in the past of how I got into both music and sports photography. Um, it's easy to say how I got into photography in general, cause I just took pictures of everything all the time growing up. And then you just kind of ask your friends if they want photos. And then that turns into them asking their friends to hire you. And so that's easy. I mean, it's easier said than done, but it's easy in theory to get into portraiture events, that kind of stuff. Cause it's a lot of just networking music and sports are both like things that you kind of have to have like access to. Um, and that goes along with what I talked about in, I think it was episode five, whatever number it was with Kyle Zedeker, how you could be the best photographer ever, but if you don't have access, then no one will ever know. So with access comes the problem of getting credentials and to be credentialed, you typically have to be photographing for a publication or, um, on staff somehow for the event or for a sponsor of the event. And so music photography was always something I was interested in, but really didn't even think was possible slash I didn't know how you could do it um, until after I graduated from college. Um, And that was a lot of just me asking random local bands, posting on Facebook, being like, who wants free music photos? I'm just trying to get something going here. And it kind of just snowballed into me shooting for an online publication, Stitch Sound, which I still shoot for today, and applying for different shows that I wanted to, one, go to, but two, knew that would have good photography opportunities. And so when you have a publication you can apply to the PR person or whatever of the festival or musician or concert, etc. Um, and then typically if you get a photo pass and a ticket, you get to shoot the first three songs with no flash from the photo pit. Not always, but this is kind of the industry standard for most concerts. And then from there, you usually can't shoot anymore. So that was kind of the premise of this entire art show I had last summer at Perkins Row, and it was called First Three No Flash, and it was a lot of my music photography from the past like four years or so, and explained how all these images were taken kind of at the mercy of my surroundings or the lighting situations I have. If the band chooses to perform in complete darkness for the whole first three songs, you're kind of screwed. Um, and so by doing just like every concert I could get my hands on doing, whether it be free or paid work, I really was able to hone my craft and build it into more of a thing I was known for. Um, and it also gave me a leg up on sports photography, which is kind of similar. You have to have a publication typically to be on the sidelines. For me, I've only shot a couple of football games at LSU. That's it. And people seem to think that I'm like a sports photographer, which would be awesome, but I really haven't had that many opportunities and I would be completely open to doing more if anyone's listening and wants to hire me. Um, but in the past couple of years, I've been able to shoot a couple LSU football games for 225 Magazine, which is the local print magazine in Baton Rouge. Um, and they've been great enough to get me access to photograph content for them to be used typically in the next year's magazine issue for August, which hypes up the football season. So it's been kind of interesting for me to shoot some of the football games because I'm not like a typical newspaper photojournalism person like that needs to photograph it and edit the photos within like an hour to turn around to be like headlining news like that night. I'm always usually, always usually, that makes no sense. So far, I have always photographed for a magazine, meaning they really didn't need my photos immediately, which has been great because I would have some time to go home and edit and select what I need and, and whatnot. And so they usually use the photos like the following year to hype up the next season. So I'm photographing more so 
for 225 at least, the um, atmosphere, things that are more so like generic or things that could be used for multiple years versus like it being specific to that player, that season, that game, whatever. Obviously, I photograph that stuff too because I'll be there, but um, I'm typically focusing on like the whole environment and atmosphere. Kind of the same way I think of when I'm shooting branding photos for a company or a brand, uh, marketing photos at a festival, that kind of thing. You kind of want to take evergreen content, which is like, photography that they can use all the time that's not super specific to like that location that day that year whatever um so that's kind of a very rambly way of how I got into photography and how I'm currently doing music and sports stuff um it's never easy it looks cool on the internet which is always like my goal is like do I look cool enough on the internet to get hired for the next thing but there's so much on the back end that goes into it and that's 100% why I'm even doing this podcast is to really be transparent about the amount of work that goes into it, all the logistics of getting access, um, you know, that whole Instagram versus reality with those memes, but that it's so true. Like what you see from the final product is not necessarily how the, the day went. Um, and so it's always really gratifying to have a good finished product, um, in photography because people don't know what all went into the day. Um, so another question I get, I have been getting asked a lot about is, uh, what is South by Southwest? What do I do there? What is it? And it's kind of a difficult thing to describe. It is a music festival, a film festival, a trade expo international. Um, it's a, business conference. There's panel discussions, there's workshops, there's full blown, like, I mean, people are like launching their new inventions there from all around the world. All the brands are there. So all these brands like Facebook and Twitter and um, Bud Light and these major brands are having marketing activations there, which is basically a fancy way of saying like they're having these branded parties or events. And it's something that takes over the entire downtown of Austin and beyond. It is so hard to explain because it's not like, you know, your typical festival, like where you, you go through the gates and you scan your wristband and then you're in this big grassy fenced off area with the stage. It's not like that at all. I mean, there is a stage that's like that at South by Southwest, but this is a full blown thing that shuts down the city. (laughs) Like it's the whole downtown area, every venue, coffee shop, restaurant, bar, um, store, anything is fair game to be bought out by a brand or something for that week to be hosted as a a party or an event or a concert venue or whatever. And um, there are official South by Southwest events and unofficial ones. I am part of the client events team, so I shoot primarily sponsored marketing activations that are South by Southwest official only. Um, a lot of brands have caught wind. This is a huge festival slash thing. I don't even know. I don't even want to call it a festival. It's like a massive thing. Um, a lot of brands have caught wind that it's happening and a lot of people and brands come in to piggyback off of the existing audience that's already there. And I don't know if this is like the accurate figure, but people have told me there's like 400,000 people traveling to Austin for like the 10 days or whatever that it is. And so a lot of brands are there. Like, I mean, any brand that you can think of that's like major is there. Like, I mean, PayPal and Dropbox and Shiner and I don't know, like every, everybody, um, Amazon prime had some stuff. Torchy's tacos had a thing with DoorDash. Like Snapchat had a whole party. Like I can't even think about it. I had to photograph like 25 or more ish companies in their events. And, um, it's just massive. It's a whole thing. So it's a very long week. It is very (laughs) 
time consuming and it's kind of brutal on the body and the mind because you're just literally shooting all day. Like I think I have like 10 hour days and then you have to go home and edit to get your top selects uploaded to the team by 7am the next morning so they can use them to publish in their press releases or daily South by Southwest galleries, whatever. And so the first part of the week is like film festival stuff. And the last part of the week is music, uh, music festival stuff. And all week it's pretty much overlapped with branding activations. A lot of brands come to South by Southwest because there's like a lot of people there at once so they can sample out new products. If it's uh, like AccuView, I photographed one of those parties and they were giving out like all these coupons for these new contact lenses they're coming out with and they were explaining demos on how they would work. And so it's a, it's a really cool way to like, if you're in marketing or you're interested in any of that kind of stuff, it's something you should totally go to because it's a great way to sample your new product or see all the new things that are on the horizon for these companies. And the trade show's massive. There's a whole print like flat stock thing in the Austin Convention Center that's all these uh, graphic designers that create those amazing like music posters you see. Like there's a whole basically miniature festival for that. There's a whole gaming expo with like national competitions for halo and Fortnite and all that. And it's just massive. I really can't even explain it any better than that. It's just massive. Um, so I just got back from that like two weeks ago and it was insanity. I had a final of like 1700 images I edited, which if you know how many images you edit versus how many you take, like, I don't even want to know how many I actually took. I think last year I took like 30,000 photos. It's just insane. So that's what that's all about. If you want to talk to me more about it, like message me. Well, actually don't message me. I won't answer. (laughs) Email me because that's my favorite method of communication. But I've only been twice last year and this year, and I still can't really wrap my head around how to explain it to people, but I'm happy to try. Um, And it's really, it's it's a cool story how I got involved with that. Um, I was photographing Voodoo Fest a couple years ago, and I was actually filling in last minute for a photographer who couldn't make it. I literally got hired to shoot for Voodoo like the day before it had happened. And I had shot for Voodoo the year before just for a publication. But this time, that time, I was hired by like the company who puts on Voodoo Fest. And um, that company is based in Austin. So there's a lot of Austin people at Voodoo because they also put on Bonnaroo and Lollapalooza and ACL and all these other things. Um, Don't quote me on that. I think those are the ones they put on, but they're big into putting on lots of festivals. And so there were a lot of Austin people there and I was photographing and there was this really nice photographer there who was photographing for some website. I actually don't know who he was shooting for that year, but his name was David Brendan Hall and he came up to me and we exchanged cards and we kind of talked and we became Facebook friends. So over the course of the whole next year, he, you know, heads up this group of photographers for the client events team for South by Southwest. Cause he's also from Austin and, um, same kind of thing happened. Someone backed out of the team last minute. He had seen my marketing photography on Facebook as well as my music photography, which is a really good blend to have at South by Southwest because you're doing a lot of marketing work, but there's also lots of concerts and you're kind of trying to capture both things at the same time. So for me, it's like my Mecca because it's everything I like to do in one place. Um, and so he had called me and was like this time last year and was like, are you free for an entire week to do this thing? And I'm never free in March. March is like my biggest spring portrait season. All the festivals are happening, lots of stuff going on. And I happened to be free that entire week that he had asked about. It was too good to be true. So I said yes, and we did it. Had a great time. So he asked me again this year. So everyone that keeps asking me how they can get involved with photographing it, I really don't know what to tell you. There is a volunteer photography crew that I know of. Um, what I do is different. It's a very small team. There's only five of us. And like, that was the whole story of how I got involved. I'm the only one on the team as of now that's not living in Austin. Um, so it was kind of just random 
you know, the, how the universe works. So if you're interested in photographing at South by Southwest, there's a million ways you can go about it. Cause you can be photographing for specific brands. Like you can just be shooting the Bud Light party or just be shooting the, this party, or you can shoot for South by Southwest like I do. And then you have access to multiple events, but they have different teams for Getty, for film, for music. Um, you could be hired straight up by the festival. You could be hired by the brands and not be affiliated with the festival. I really don't know how to explain it, but um, maybe if I can find uh, a link to where you can apply, I'll put it in the show notes, but that's how that happened. And that's craziness. So those are two things I get asked about a lot. And I'm trying to keep these mini-sodes kind of, I just call it a mini-sode just now because <laughs> other podcasts have mini-sodes and I think that's what these are going to be. So trying to keep it kind of short. Um, a lot of people have also asked how to, um, how to prepare to photograph at a festival. Also, they've asked how you should raise your prices, how you should price your services and, um, how to find your niche and build your following. Those are some other questions I got. I'll probably, I can't talk right now. I will probably do separate episodes on each one of those things and continue to ask questions to my guests that I interview about those types of topics. If that's what you're interested in, um, cause I'm trying to keep these fairly short. But um, I guess I can go off of this real quick because I was talking about South by Southwest. If you're interested in knowing what to bring to a music festival slash how to prepare for it or just any sort of event that's a long day. I mean, even wedding photographers, I know y'all are dressed fancier than me at a music festival, but it's probably similar stuff that you have to prepare for because it's a long day. Um, I can go over that really quick. I do have a blog post on that and um, I can link that in the show notes as well. But my biggest tips for photographers who are trying to photograph music festivals or just long days, long events is to one, get two camera bodies. If you can have more than one camera body, that is pretty ideal. You'll probably use both so that you can have two different lenses on them and not have to like wait around and like keep changing your lens over and over again. And you're killing time. I mean, you're missing opportunities and shots because you're wasting time. I should say, um, if you can't afford to have two cameras, like by all means use what you have and make it work. I shoot a lot of events with one camera. It's not the end of the world, but at a festival, it's really nice to have two, especially when you only have three songs to shoot. Um, that way you can have a long lens on one, like a 70 to 200, and then like a 2470 on the other. So it's kind of like covering all your bases and you're not missing a beat. So that would be one. And two, because of that, to get a double harness for your cameras so that you're distributing the weight evenly on your body um, and you're not killing your back and your neck because it's the story of my life. I recommend the Black Rapid double harness. I have one and I unclip it and use it for my single straps all the time. I just wear it cross body, but when I'm using two together, they just clip together and you wear it like a backpack. So they're like evenly distributed on your shoulders straight down and they screw into the bottom of your camera. Um, so that was like another big game changer once I got that going because it made it so much easier to move around. And three would be shoes, comfortable shoes. I like to wear tennis shoes. I'm obsessed with these Nike Tangent tennis shoes. I have them like in four different colors and Dr. Scholl's inserts in them. These None of this stuff's sponsored. I'm just like big fan. Um, I also have recently invested in some Red Wing boots, the mock toe ones. Um, they're fairly comfortable for boots and I'm excited to have them for festivals like, you know, that are muddy or you kind of need to look a little nicer for, um, so shoes are important because you're on your feet the whole time. So with that comes Aleve, <laughs> have some Aleve or ibuprofen or whatever on you and a water bottle, obviously, um, having multiple camera cards. Like if you're just out there shooting with one 
SD card, you need to like invest in some more. I typically go crazy on Black Friday because Best Buy marks their camera cards down to like 75% off. So literally you'll get them for like $10 when they're normally like $70. Um, that's probably not correct math, but hey, I'm an art major. So yeah, multiple SD cards, memory cards, compact flash, whatever you use. Um, some sort of like apparatus to keep them in and also a separate one for your cards that you've already shot on so you don't accidentally format them or shoot over them. Um, you know, sunscreen. I'm a ponytail kind of girl. I'm not trying to be cute on the days I'm shooting festivals. I wear all black. It's pretty much industry standard, especially if you're going to have access to the stage or backstage. You need to be in all black so you're not like on stage, like sticking out um, and ruining other photographer shots. So all black is easy enough. I like to wear jeans with pockets, black t-shirt, keep it simple. Um, I bought a really lightweight black, like, windbreaker rain jacket hoodie thing. It's like a Reebok thing I got from Dick's for 20 something dollars. And I've tried to link it before, but I don't think they make it anymore. So I'll just, you know, I can put a picture in the show notes so you see what it looks like. But it's super lightweight, and it's very handy to have because, like, I don't know, weather's unpredictable. So with that being said, too, invest in those cheap little rain ponchos from Walgreens. They're, like, 99 cents. Grab a bunch of them. I was shooting Warp Tour last summer, and it was, like, torrential downpour. And I had to, like, go buy a bunch of ponchos because I had given mine to other people. And it got expensive real fast because once it starts raining, everyone marks up their ponchos at the merch tent. (laughs) And I had, like, to create this, like, giant, like, rigged thing to cover myself in and my cameras with. Um, Trash bags are also really easy. You can roll them up, put them in your bag, and um, you can keep them for last resort situations when you need to like poke a hole in it and cover your camera with it eventually i should probably have like legitimate waterproof housing but until then trash bags Ziploc bags ponchos they all work um so you never want to be caught in the rain with that kind of stuff especially if you don't have a press tent tent press tent (laughs) especially if you don't have a press tent to go to or something oh my god y'all it's been a long day and i'm starving and i'm drinking this lovely beer right now um these solo episodes i thought would be more awkward but since i can talk to a brick wall it's going pretty easy hopefully i'm not talking too fast for y'all um and so credentials so to apply for a festival or something you typically like i said earlier need to have a publication and you have to reach out a couple weeks to maybe a couple months in advance and to get approved and i've been rejected more times than you can count i've been approved a couple times too it's just kind of the nature of the game um, but once you get your credentials, you need to guard them with your life. Cause like people are not very forgiving if you lose them. Oh, also earplugs, earplugs are non-negotiable. I tried to do concerts for a long time without them. And then it wasn't until Buku festival in 2016 when I was standing next to like a giant speaker at the front and I really hate EDM y'all. And it was just like on like the 19th hour or whatever of just like, womp, 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 womp. and like, the, oh my God, I died. And this photographer saw how miserable I was and he, was so nice and he handed me some earplugs he lent them to me and I was like you aren't getting these back because earwax duh but yeah earplugs non-negotiable once you start wearing them like you'll die if you don't have them so I always keep a bunch of those like cheap orange ones from like Walgreens in my bag I had some really really fancy ones that were molded to my ears that I got specially made they were amazing so I think someone pickpocketed me at South by and stole them I don't think I lost them because I've guarded them with my life for the longest time. And I think someone took them out of my backpack thinking they'd be much cooler. And then they probably got down the street and they were like, oh, these are custom molded earplugs. Not that exciting. So I'm very sad about that, but hopefully I can get some more fancy ones soon. Earplugs, 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 get them, use them. It's important. I wear them when I just go to shows too. Like if I'm not shooting, I still have like my earplugs. It is what it is. I want to be able to hear. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been 23 minutes. Is that about good? We're just going to call it quits probably here. So, um, oh, I do want to talk about Baton Rouge Blues Fest, which is coming up. So if you haven't noticed, a lot of my episodes I've released have been pre-recorded at like a different point in time. And now I'm just like scheduling them out. So they're not always time, like they're not in line with whatever the timing is that like we might be talking about Mardi Gras and it's like, I don't know now. So this is an actual one that I'm recording as of today, Friday, uh, April 5th. So I will be releasing it in the next week. And so I'm talking about Blues Fest because it's coming up. So Baton Rouge Blues Fest is April 13th and 14th, downtown Baton Rouge. It is free. I have photographed it in the past, but this year I am so excited. I'm having a merch tent for all my do what you want merch. Um, I've really never had a booth like this at at a festival. So I don't really know what to do. I've had pop-up stuff for my merch at my art shows and I've done pretty well selling stuff so hopefully this goes well but I have tons of merch I have been stocking up for y'all I have been maxing up my credit card getting all this stuff ready for y'all to resell um but I will have lots of stuff I will have where's the beer t-shirts they're mustard yellow I have what in tarnation shirts that are orange and then I have like this off-white one with the do what you want like circle logo in orange on it I also have my orange and black hats the dad hats along with some of the other designs, the red and yellow ones. I can link all this in my show notes, but if you know what I'm talking about, you know. Um, I'm trying to sell off all the other stuff I already had printed, so like the original OG Do What You Want t-shirts and the thank you bag ones. I have a couple of those left. I'll be selling orange fanny packs. They are so fun. They say Do What You Want in white on the front. They will be perfect for the festival life. Um, I have like 12 fanny packs already, and we're just going to keep it growing because everyone needs a good fanny. And I'll have pop sockets and some prints, some small 11 by 14 prints of different things. So please come out and support not only me, but all the other vendors. Like there's a ton of stuff going to be going on. Uh, lots of food, lots of free, free, awesome music, and uh, lots of vendors selling arts and crafts and merch and different things. So um, please come out and say hi to me and buy something so I can pay off my credit cards. Yay. So that's the end. Um, if this was lame, let me know. If this was great, let me know. I will be back on Monday with a... Yeah, I just said I was going to release this in the next week. I'll probably just release it today because YOLO. YOLO swag. Um, I'm releasing a new episode on Monday. Don't know who it's going to be yet because I figure everything out as I go. That is the whole spirit of do what you want. I am not very good at planning. So I will do more solo episodes in the future. But until then, drink a beer for me and keep doing what you want. Hey y'all, just popping in to give a big thanks to you for listening to this episode of Do What You Want Radio. As always, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and follow if you're on Spotify. Show notes for this episode and more can be found at dowhatyouwantradio.com. I am super active on my Instagram account at Jordan Heffler if you're interested in keeping up with me there. And I also have a weekly email newsletter that you can subscribe to at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Every Thursday, I send out a tip of the week along with promotional information about my Do What You Want workshop series, online e-courses that help you learn to create authentically branded content that leverage growth on your social media platforms all by yourself. I also have Lightroom presets, merchandise, and just general information about my life and photography business in these email newsletters. Y'all are so awesome for listening. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep doing what you want. (laughs) Did that sound too fake?